Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Friday, a football Friday at that, on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours on a jam-packed Friday uh, that will culminate with uh, an opportunity for four of our uh, listeners to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons in Altoona, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Claxons Barbecue and Business for approaching 25 years. Claxons giveaway coming up at 1140, 1145, somewhere in that vicinity. Uh, The rest to the BMW Des Moines guest list looks like this. In about 15 minutes, we're going to uh, grab our friend Tom Cakert from HawkeyeReport.com. Gary Barta met with the media yesterday. Um, we'll get into the particulars of that. We'll pick his brain a little bit on the program. The Hoopsters uh, got a local recruit yesterday from Waukee. Uh, what can you tell us about him, Trent? So Peyton Sanford is six foot seven, small forward. You know, a lot of people kind of asking. What kind of player? Is there a guy that he equates to? I heard some Utah doesn't have the same kind of length and defensibility that Utah had. Don't think he's that kind of player. He's a shooter. He, he's a guy that's incredibly good there, really good both off the bounce and can handle the ball well for a six foot seven guy. And with both hands looking at the video yeah. I saw yesterday. He's not going to wow you. He's not going to pop in terms of that athleticism. He's not that kind of athlete of, I think, even a Joe Wieskamp. That might be a fair comp. Uh-huh. Maybe a tick below him in terms of overall athletic ability, but I think a more polished offensive player coming out of high school that, than we saw from Wieskamp. But that'd probably be the comp that I would look at with those two guys. And if you get another Joe Wieskamp... you take it. Yeah, you'd take that, no doubt about it. You know, he really blew up this summer, too. And with the limited events, and you don't have Peach Jam and some of the monster right. events, during the summer, you know, we'd ask Tom Caker. He'd go to a couple events seemingly every summer, and we'd, we'd ask him about him. We just never even got into it, it feels like, this past mm-hmm. summer. And because of that, I think that flew under the radar a little bit, too. Stanford was involved with him. Of course, Drake, because of the Reeves connection, sure. as he plays with Tucker over there at Waukee. Um, Utah was there, Minnesota. And, and I heard from somewhere, and I, never, I didn't see it on Rivals. It might have been on 24-7 that he had a Florida offer. I don't know if I ever saw that verified. Well, I saw his announcement video, and there were the logos of the schools. Yeah, that, that was were, his final five. Yep. Yeah, uh, and I didn't, well, Florida, did, I don't think made the final five, yeah. but whatever. But I saw it, and congratulations. Local kid uh, gets to uh, play uh, in, in his home state here first collegiate career. So lots of ground, a lot of things to cover with Tom Cakert. We'll do so in 15 minutes. Jeff Hughes from the Bears blog will preview the undefeated Chicago Bears mm. as they take on the Colts here coming up on uh, Sunday afternoon. Mitch Holtis, the voice of these defending Super Bowl champions, will spend a couple of minutes recapping and then previewing maybe 
One of the marquee games in the NFL this week. Is that yeah. too hyperbolic? No, I love this game this I week. I know you do. Do you have I'm an a- opinion? You're going to put it in your picks? It's on the list. Okay. I have not paired it all the way down to the five that we use, as we'll do that at 1145. But it's on my list. Short week. Patriots. Basically an extra day to prepare. Mm-hmm. And Belichick, and I'm getting a touchdown. Boy, that feels juicy to me. Yeah. I mean, that's the side that I'm picking if I do put it. I will bet it this weekend. There is no doubt. And... You think that thing gets under a touchdown by kickoff? Or is it just too much public Chiefs love out there regardless? I would regardless? feel good that it would get over. If it gets to 7.5, you got to love your spot. If yeah. you're on the Patriots right. side, and it sounds like you are. Uh, Bama, Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football uh, at 11.05. Dave Sproul talks about the Cyclones, who will face Oklahoma uh, tomorrow night, 6.30-ish on ABC. If you can't see it, of course, the bus will carry it. Now, following the game... <laughs> Actually, he's going to be Sunday. I mean, good for Emery Songer and Heather Burnside. For um, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's above and beyond the call of duty, in my opinion. But good for them. Cyclone sound off will be on. So if you've watched the game, if you're still up, if you've had a few, I mean, it should, could be pretty good radio. Yes, actually, it could uh, with with some of the Cyclone fans into the into the pop a little, little bit. Drunk dialing, absolutely. Uh, doesn't what's his name? Ted Flint do that podcast? He, he you does. did it right. I, I did do that. Yeah, what, that was a while ago it that I did while. that. With Ted, it was a lot of fun yeah. uh, talking with him. He's a he's a fun character on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, I, I don't know him. Just, I just see him on Twitter, etc. And uh, he seems like that. I'd, I'd like to meet the dude. Anyways, but uh, drunk. I mean, we may have that on WHO on Sunday morning, starting at midnight, uh, with <laughs> every Songer and Heather Burnside. Good for them. I hope for they have a lot that. of fun with it, too. I, I hope mean, they do. Those are the kind of shows where you could even let it loose a little bit more and have a little bit more fun. Because you're on at midnight. If they came and said, somebody can't make it, I'm, we're going to give you $1,000, there's no way in hell I would do it. Two? Well, keep going. Three? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, uh, but uh, they'll be on the air at midnight. Emery mm-hmm. and Heather on the air, uh, WHO, 1040 WHO. Cyclone Sound off Jethro's sponsors. Uh, Dave Sprouse, so we mentioned him at 1125 from KASI. The Cyclones play uh, in Story County on KASI. Talked about Claxons, our picks uh, as well. Uh, where will you be tonight for your high school game that we'll replay? Are you going to... Going to be up in Ankeny. The Hawks will be facing Johnston. So and the Hawks got some good news yeah, yesterday. Yeah, they did. Arlen Bruce. How about that again? How much news breaks at 12.05? Doesn't it seem like every yeah. single day there's something? Well, I, when we went off the air yesterday, and maybe I just missed it because I wasn't paying attention to Twitter at the end of the I didn't know the Cubs were postponed. Yeah, I say exact same thing. And in fact, uh, and I don't I think it was right when we said farewell. Mm-hmm. Well, because I was going over to record the pregame show for CISN tonight. I do that on Thursdays right after we finish up. And a couple of the guys in the office there with CISN are big Cubs fans. Uh-huh. So I said, I'll get there as quick as possible oh, so you guys so can get back into the game. And as I'm going over, postponed, I hear that uh-huh. on the radio. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I don't have to you slow down. Rush. Yeah, yeah, I can put the cruise on and just cruise on in. But yeah. Now, have they announced what time the Saturday game would be? I've been looking for that, and I have not seen it anywhere. Cubs win today, which uh, I think they will. Well, I hope they do. Let me see. Is it on ESPN.com, the Saturday? Are they uh, Saturday, 220, 230? 230, okay. Yeah, 230. ESPN2 will carry the game. ESPN2. Lopez two. Lester. Uh, this was probably the, the one time that ESPN and the, the Disney family is happy that college football is not a full slate. They would not be able to put that game even on the deuce. I don't think so. Would it go to plus? I mean, they got a contract with MLB. That's one where you probably say, hey, Turner, we'll throw you a bone. You know what? That's a really, where could they have put it? Nowhere. 
It's not like there's an NBC Sports Channel or right. an ABC Sports. Uh, that's ESPN. They still have those overflow channels. Like 209-2 or whatever. Right. Yeah, maybe it could end it up there. The uh, Probably the college football game, I would have guessed, would end there. Yeah. But what rate's better? A decent conference matchup on ESPN2, say an ACC tilt between Virginia and Duke. Okay. Or ESPN2 Cubs-Marlins playoff game. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be surprised, at least how tight those numbers. Well, I might wish be. there was someone else for for a better discussion. If the Cubs actually had an opponent that moved the needle, you know what I mean. I mean, the Marlins aren't. Yeah, but still, the Cubs are a national. No, team. I agree with you. But if there was, if there was, if there was two of them, or one that you know, because the Marlins got to be pretty far down the pecking order, right? Yeah, yeah. As far as popularity of the, I mean, I don't know where they would fit. But anyways, if um, not last, yeah, they're very close. They're, to it. they're very close to the bottom. The Tampa would be last, wouldn't they? Yeah, the state of Florida, not not showing up very it's well. Not great. Uh, so uh, you, you know, the Arlen Bruce news: Rubley did not get uh, did not get mm-hmm. cleared. He is going to remain ineligible. Uh, so you'll be actually you'll see Arlen Bruce play tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited just to for get that. a report from you on when we reconvene on Monday. And, and the funny thing is, Ankeny they have all the pieces. Their quarterback Jace Bauer is my favorite quarterback in Central Iowa. Mm. As a college prospect, no, he's not real big, but yep. he's just a good. Good high school athlete. He'll probably go play, you know, D two somewhere, maybe low D one. And oh boy, why why weren't more people involved with him? He's that kind of player. He's also a really good baseball player, and actually, that's probably where his uh, his career is going to go in terms of college athletics. But of course, Brody Breck. So him and Breck make a pretty salty. But Cade Summers, who is their left fielder in baseball, really good baseball player. He's another wide receiver they have. They have this McCullough kid. I remember, I think it was his older brother, was a really good basketball player. You know what? I wonder if uh, if there's one of the McCulloughs. The, there's a couple of McCullough dentists in Is Anthony. there? Yeah. yeah. And it seems like there's tons of big. them up there. I mean, they're tall. Yeah, that would be. He's 6'4". Okay. He's their third receiver. Yeah. See, the first game that I did this year against Centennial, they got Greg three McCullough, I believe. And, really, and, really good anyways. wide receivers. And now you throw Arnold Bruce in the mix. And... They have Cadolph, who's a really good running back. They have an offensive line. It's not like they needed Arlen Bruce to win a state championship. So what does this do for them, though? Does this close the gap on SCP, who you believe is the best team in the state? I think so. I think that's a fair characterization. That's a great way to put it. Because I still think Southeast Polk is far and away number one. Mm-hmm. They have separated themselves. But teams two through seven, mm-hmm. I think you can kind of throw in a hat and whoever you pull out, that's who. Well, Dowling got some dues as they got a couple of players from he Roosevelt did. cleared yesterday as well. But with this Arlen Bruce addition, I'd put Ankeny now solidly at the top of that list of okay. the next year the after next Southeast Peel. Instead of, yeah, maybe it's Dowling this day. You know what? I really like Waukee uh-huh. this day. Instead of that, it's Ankeny and then fill in the gaps after that. You know that. what? Um, and this isn't a knock at Dowling, but, I, but I, it's, it's not. Uh, I don't think it'll take it that way. It's, it's good to have... You know some other teams oh, yeah. that we're talking about, right? Because I mean, Dowling has dominated. They could get back and win. It's Tom oh, yes. Wilson we're talking about, <laughs> after all. But it's good that there's... I had a coach tell me he's worth him and his coaching staff are worth ten points come playoff time. Isn't that something? What do you think a normal, say, NFL coaching oh, staff's God. worth? Belichick. Belichick might be up in or that Gaze. range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Adam Gase is negative seven. And Belichick's right. plus seven. But and Adam Gase apparently is going to keep his job. I don't think it's a stretch though to Tom Wilson yeah, and that that group could be. They have he has got multiple guys on his staff that have won state championships. Mm-hmm. I always thought the same thing about Valley too. Yeah, and, and, Valley was going through their run and the, and mm-hmm. the, and the uh, guys that uh, were part of Swenson's staff. So and they they built it up and, and that's why you can't sleep on mm-hmm. Dowling. Johnston's the team that beat them this mm-hmm. year. Valley, 
if they get that offensive line figured out, and of course Rubley back going again, they played all really good teams. It wouldn't be a shock. I don't think Valley's going to make a run to the semifinals, but if they pulled an upset and upset one of these teams, you know, in the round of 32, would you be shocked? No. Would your drop be hitting the floor? No. Oh, wow, Valley pulled an upset? No, of course not. And that's what we're going to be playing with. This is going to be as entertaining of a playoff and as wide open. Yeah, Polk's still the best team. But that doesn't mean that they're an automatic. How many weeks of regular season left? Two. Two. Yeah, this is week six. Next week's the finale. And before we know it, playoffs will be here. uh, That's unbelievable. All right, uh, just real quick. Thursday night football from last night. Screw Trevor Lawrence. We've got uh, Brett Rippon. We... Talking we look, look at this. Um, you know what? That, that pick was, six. That was awful. I had just flipped over. That was terrible. <laughs> and but I, you know what, Trent? It's too bad because it's, that that's your first impression. Mm-hmm. He was actually Rippon was good. Rippon was good until he made and he was good the first time out. Yes, last week yeah, he's thrown four picks in his career. Three of them were last night. One of them was a boneheaded play. Throw the ball out of bounds. Mm-hmm. Way out of bounds. Um, but the Jets are just atrocious. But yeah. where I want, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. Um, but I do want to say this. It was Joseph Jewell's best game as a pro, and he, it's not even close. He was popping. He was. And it wasn't just what he can do, which is fill a hole, right. tackle a guy. That's what he is. But he was making plays in the passing game. Yes, he was. He was out there defensively. You look at the numbers, and, and they jump off the screen mm-hmm. too, but it was more than just going out there in the run game and making plays. He had a couple of great deflections. Oh, he played incredibly well. The two-point conversion after yep. the pick six, yep. he was right there. Yep. That was Josie Jewell. A lot of people anticipated seeing. Mm-hmm. He's half-step slow. Yep, He's not going to ever wow anybody there, but boy, he plays at that level. you got Melvin Gordon going. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, Broncos are going to win five or six games. I think they are, Trent. Uh, sadly, I think they are, but that's okay. We've got Brett Rippon. Uh, Ojemudia, look, he's getting picked on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the A.J. Boye should be there, but he's hurt. But it's good for Ojemudia to get all of these game reps, right? Yes. They threw him into the fire. I didn't know what to expect. In fact, I would have said that, you know what, I, they, I think they overdrafted him in the third round, and maybe that'll be, I'll be proven to be correct there. I hope I'm not. But he's getting some good experience. Now, Noah Fant, on the other hand, took yeah. a cart ride yesterday. What did they this say? this morning, it's maybe not as bad as it looked. Okay, great. There's optimism on Noah Fant. Anyways, that's enough about that game. It was two winless football teams. And it looked like it. And it did. And a lot of times it really did. Boy, the Jets are a dirty team. This Greg Williams, how has he not been ruled off the, out of the league? He is... I mean, he's um, was Bounty Gate, right? Did you see C- uh, Steve Smith on NFL Network he after the game? Loaded. And then, how about Joe Thomas trying to reel him back in? Yes. No, let him go. That was so entertaining. Well, I th- there was a time that he wanted to. This, he, Joe Thomas was uncomfortable. I mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. Yeah. No, Steve Smith. He, well, how do you really feel? <laughs> right. No, that that was good. Anyways, so we've got a uh, we've got a football game in state tomorrow night, uh, six thirty. That one will kick off. Oklahoma pays a visit. I, you know what? I I, I know a lot of people. Oh, it's going to be an angry team that yeah, shows yeah. up in Ames tomorrow, and maybe they will be. Of course, they. I would like to think that they are an angry team that shows up. But once that's not going to carry over. That's not. I don't think that's an impact in the football game. I'm anxious to see Iowa State's defense go up against Oklahoma's offense because I think Iowa State's defense. And I get that the, rep, the the conference's reputation is well-earned and well-deserved. Mm-hmm. And every time we talk to one of the people that covers the Big 12 or covers college, oh, they don't play any defense. And yeah, for the most part, you're right. But you know what? Haycock's got a pretty good squad up in Ames, and they do play some defense in particular. That, that, uh, uh, that defensive front is salty, and the linebackers are running around making plays like crazy. I want to see that tomorrow, Trent. As much as anything, that to me has my full attention. 
didn't we hear the same conversation a year ago, right before this game? Oklahoma loses a game to K State. Yeah, They're gonna, yeah. it's gonna be angry. They got off to a lead, but mm-hmm. Iowa State came roaring back yep. and were a flag away from winning uh, that football flag game. Away. Yeah, yeah. Right. From winning that football game. 42-41 was the final. We heard the same kind of thing. Matt Campbell's teams have played well yep. against Oklahoma. They've covered every single time, and I give them a real chance here. I do. I do give them a real chance. Can they keep up offensively, though? If this turns into a shootout, and we know yeah. that's how you have to beat Oklahoma, yeah, can they put 45, 49, 56 on the board? I don't know. That's a great question. Um, the offensive line played well Yes, last week. much better. But Brock Purdy's got to—he's got to have the game, right? He's got to well, have the game. Don't that, forget, it's Brocktober. I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah. It's the Brock-tober. calendar is turned. All right, we're going to get Tom Cakert on here momentarily. We'll do that. A couple of uh, got to get some baseball in here at some point. Boy, the Cardinals—I thought that they were going to—and and like I said, I didn't think the Cardinals were long for the playoffs. But uh, lo and behold, here they are. I thought they had a chance yesterday. Wayne Wright was dealing early, but then they got to him. Uh, this Fernando Tatis Jr., who will remind everybody, was a White Sox. I mean, this this kid was locked and loaded for the White Sox, and he goes over in the James Shield trade. I know he upset some um, some hard boots out there. Some people that have followed the game. Oh, it's not what the game is about. The bat flip. You gotta you gotta attract a new generation of fans, and I think that the young folks that see this kid, what he's doing on the field, I'm not saying he's the face of baseball. He's I believe he's in the wrong town to be the face of baseball if he would ever become that. But I think he's going to bring a lot of people to the game. I really do. He's fun to watch. He's obviously a gifted, gifted player. Um, so we'll see. Do you think Tatis is good for the game of baseball and brings young yes. fans? I do. He's he's my kind of guy. Absolutely. I like those guys. I'm that- with you. That game was so entertaining. But too bad he's with the Padres, just because I think we don't see him, right? But the uniforms are beautiful. Yeah, they are. Thank goodness. Back to the brown and mustard. Absolutely. Let's get Tom Caker in here. Uh, We got some Hawkeye stuff to talk about. Tom Caker's going to join to do just that. Tom Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, I uh, sense Barda's frustration yesterday with uh, without knowing when the game times, at least some of them, are going to be announced. I mean, we're three weeks from tomorrow when the season was first announced. That yep, we're going to pull this off in September 30th, and they put a couple of benchmarks out there. Uh, The schedule was. Rumored to be coming relatively quickly. Stand by. We'll have it in a few days. Well, now it's been a couple of weeks, Tom. I can sense some frustration, not only with Barta, but I heard the same thing from Moose yesterday over in Lincoln. They want to know. Yeah, I get it, but does it really matter what time the game starts? Well, I want Fridays more as much. I want to know Fridays as much as anything. Yeah, yeah, Fridays, I, I think that's them. But day, what day of the week the game's going to be played, I think, is 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 important but without having to bring in 70 80 90,000 fans mm-hmm. to a to a venue um you know people want to know to plan their travel the only people that have to worry about that now are just true you know family yeah and so, media um i'm not i'm not as worried i mean you know you can tell me we're having a press conference tomorrow at two o'clock okay i'll be there at two right. you know it doesn't matter uh same thing with a game if you tell me the day before hey that you know as long as i don't have to some road game I'm going to go the day before anyway. So he's telling me, oh, it's going to be 11 this week. I'll be there at 11. Absolutely. Hey, uh, well, you guys, um, have you found out media-wise what you're going to be able to do? Um, We don't. We just got a thing today about um, 
there's going to be like three consecutive days of like media days, basically, uh, for us next week. Where um, and one of them will be in person with Kirk, which kind of surprised me. I thought the next time we'll see Kirk is after we get a vaccine. I was <laughs> my thinking just because I. I, I don't think they want to risk anything in their own quote-unquote bubble right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. Uh, until the end of the year. But uh, apparently we're going to have some in-person, which is uh, which is good. Um, but uh, players definitely over uh, Zoom next week. So uh, I, I anticipate, though, during the season, I don't know that we'll see Kirk or the players at all in person. Uh, just they don't want to risk it, and I don't blame them. So uh, no Colbert. He has decided to opt out this year. Any more players that Rumors. you anticipate, rumor, anything that you're hearing at this point, do you think he's going to be alone? Yeah, I, you know, and Colbert has not confirmed it, I don't think. Uh, you know, at least given oh. a quote or yeah. put out anything on social media on his own. It's just that that's something we heard back in August that he was not going to play. And um, so it makes sense that he would, you know, if he was going to do it then, I guess he would do it now. But you know, the guys that were rumored before, like Alaric Jackson, I had heard back in August, but there's been plenty of pictures of him in camp. So uh, he is definitely playing. So that's that's a positive. So uh, everybody else I haven't heard. I know the one quote Kirk said when we last talked to him was there was a handful of guys, I think was the term he used. So, um, But right now, Colbert's the only one. Interesting. Uh, your reaction to Peyton Sanford, who's going to be a Hawkeye? That announcement was made yesterday. He will join Fran McCaffrey's squad, class of 2021. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's a, a good get. Um, Fran seems to be collecting wing players that are between 6'7 and 6'9. <laughs> and I think that's just kind of where basketball's headed, isn't it? Yeah. Um, where you just have these versatile kind of guys that can. Uh, shoot the basketball, and that's the common trait between, you know, like with Patrick, his son, and Peyton and Murray twins, um, guys that can really shoot the basketball, probably guard multiple positions, uh, and, um, and, you know, do just the versatility and, and, you know, guard, they can guard point guards or they can guard big men. So I think that's, that's kind of where basketball's headed. And he's got a younger Bryce, uh, younger brother Price, who played this year for Waukee and that team that made a deep run as a freshman. Another guy, uh, certainly, to keep your eye on in future years. With that, what else is uh, on the docket for recruiting? I know they've they've been searching hard for a big man. They have uh, the Englishman coming in this year on a gondolay, but outside of that, another big, is that kind of the top of the recruiting wish list right now? Yeah, you know what I think they're going to do? I think they're just done for um, for the fall hmm signing period and then they'll just wait until spring and uh, what what i expect fran's going to do is as you guys know um the spring will be the uh, era of free agency will be underway for um college football and basketball where you don't have to um sit for a year and and you can transfer anytime you want you get one kind of mulligan so uh, (laughs) i i suspect that's exactly where fran's going to plop down and say, hey, who wants to be the next Luca Garza and take Luca's role? That would be pretty attractive, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, So I, I think that's that's what he's going to do, and there'll be some guy out there that's pretty good that wants a fresh start or mm-hmm. wants a bigger opportunity, uh, and uh, they'll, 
they'll find a guy that way. Mm. Have Have you seen any plans, Tom, for um for for the you know the, all the tournaments that have been canceled? We wonder where I was going to go. Do we know? I mean, there was rumors there was going to be something downtown Des Moines. I'm not sure if that uh, gained any traction or not. But there's certainly a lot of cities that would love to have that. You know, teams in for a couple of weeks and play a few games in December. I see the Big Twelve announced a couple of conference games on the hardwoods uh, in December this year. Have you seen anything regarding McCaffrey squad? where they will place their early games? I haven't, other than Fran was on the Blue Ribbon podcast uh, this past week, I think late last week, and he said they're still going to have their event in Iowa City, with the, um, but it'll be different because that one was spaced out with different dates over a period of time. Uh, but I wonder if he'll just bring those, bring those uh, three other teams in, play a couple games against them, or maybe do it like a round robin where you play three games over a period of time. Uh, and get those games in. Uh, and then um, uh, the South Dakota thing sounds like it's on now So the, with uh, the Pac-12 back on, online again. So they'll play Oregon State up there is his plan. He said they plan on playing Iowa State. Uh, and Great. then you know, the Big Ten ACC thing. And Andy Katz had this, but I had heard it like a day or two before, too, that, um, that North Carolina, Iowa, seems to be where really? they're headed this okay. year. So. Um, <laughs> So maybe we'll see that in the Big Ten ACC. Okay. <laughs> That's in. Uh, yeah, absolutely in. Tom Kekert, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, have a wonderful weekend. We will uh, talk to you next Friday. Thanks, Tom Kekert. Okay, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Tom Kekert, HawkeyeReport.com. Football Friday night airs tonight, 630 to 11. Local games of interest under the lights. Sideline correspondents all fanned out across central Iowa. Score by score, updates, play by play, and a full scoreboard. They take you to 11. And then the recap, the rerun, rather, of the game of the week, uh, which Trent will have tonight. Uh, from Ankeny. It's the Dragons and the Hawks. Should be a good one. Should be a good one. Miller and Condon. Jeff Hughes joins us next. Uh, it's Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 106. It's Northbrook, Illinois. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Um, uh, coming up in about 15 minutes, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, will be here. Patriots Chiefs this weekend. Uh, Colts and Bears this weekend. Mm. And then mm. on Thursday night, uh, next week, the Bears will be right back in action. That should be a fun one in its own rights, uh, as Tom Brady will pay a visit. Well, let's get Jeff Hughes in here to bearsblog.com. Uh, he's been telling us for, well, since the season ended last year, uh, that Mitchell Trubisky is not the answer. Um, he didn't say that Nichols definitively, Foles was going to be that guy, but thought he was better and thought he would win the job. And he provided them a spark last week, uh, Jeff. You could palpably see a difference, I thought, uh, through my TV screen, that this just looked like a different football team with Foles on the field. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. And it was up and down the roster. It was even on the defensive side of the ball. I think that everybody in that locker room has been pulling for Mitch Trubisky now for years. I don't think there's a person in that locker room that doesn't like Mitch Trubisky personally. But they know what they have seen. They know what he is. 
And the reason I was surprised that he was given the opportunity to start this year is because the things we were hearing after this game Sunday are the same things I was hearing middle of the season last year. He's not particularly good at reading defenses. He's not accurate. He doesn't give his playmakers chances to make plays. And I think it finally just reached a breaking point by halftime of this game, and you just saw a different caliber quarterback when Foles came in. Foles is not a great quarterback. Nobody expects him to be. But they expect him to be able to run the offense, and he'll be able to do that. Jeff, uh, this team is 3-0. and It's been a couple of, frankly, miraculous comebacks to get there. Statistically, comebacks you don't see very often in the NFL. Bill Parcells said you are what your record says you are. They are 3-0. and And in this expanded year with the seven teams now that make it in each conference, boy, it feels like at the very least – the Bears are a playoff team. But let's go past just that. Getting into the playoffs, chance to maybe win a game. What more does it take for them to to take that level up? I've seen plenty, plenty of people in the NFL talking heads that don't believe in this team. What's next to step forward for this organization, this team this year? Well, it'll, it'll just take time. I mean, we, we don't know how long it's going to take Nick Foles to get up to speed with these receivers. And so we won't know what this offense looks like now, I don't think, until November. It'll take three or four weeks. Remember, the last time he took first-team reps was about a month or, or, or more ago. So now he's going to start getting into rhythm with his receivers. We'll see this offense, I believe, progress over the next four games, and we'll know more about what they are then. The big issue on defense, and that's, I think, been the disappointment to this, to this point, uh, Danny Trevathan yep. just looks like he's lost three steps, yep. and the Bears haven't replaced Eddie Goldman. By the way, that's not even possible. Eddie mm-hmm. Goldman might be the best run-stuffing defensive tackle in the, in the game. They were never going to replace him, but they hoped the sort of collection of players could fill the void. They haven't. And until they shore up the run defense, uh, I think they're not going to reach what their expectations were as a defense to that point. So what are, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm always a believer in the NFL Win as many games as you can over the first eight and start to look like the team you are by Thanksgiving. So if this team can win four or five games early, I don't care how it looks. The Bears shouldn't care how it looks. There are no style points in the NFL. Win as many games as you can and get hot going into the playoffs. Mm, interesting. When you look at the, the Colts, and I don't know what to make them. I watched the Colts beat the Vikings, but I've seen a lot of teams beat the Vikings so far this year. Um, Gardner Minshew beat the Colts in, in, in week number one. Uh, they beat the Jets, who I watched my Broncos somehow <laughs> beat last night. The Jets are a bad, bad football team. There was two of them on the field last night. I'm a Phillip Rivers guy going back to when he was in the AFC West. I always liked watching him play. Uh, he seems like he's one of these guys that sadly stick around a year too long and try to go somewhere to keep it going. Uh, and we'll look back and say, boy, I wish he would have stayed where he was at. Uh, not that it's going to uh, hurt his overall uh, how we think of him, but uh, where are you on this Colts team? I don't know how good they are. So that was my initial response. I watched all three of their games this week, and Kirk Cousins played just about the worst game against the Colts as you could play. Then Sam Darnold topped him. <laughs> and I watched those three games, and I thought, I have no idea what this team is. They have the number one ranked defense in the league, but, I mean, you guys and nine of your friends could have played defense against Sam Darnold last week, and it wouldn't, and you would have had the same results. Uh, what I see when I look at Phillip Rivers is a guy who's lost his fastball. And if you've watched the Bears over these first three games, the thing, the way to beat this defense is to hit that 
12 to 15 yard intermediate throw over the middle. Those are tight windows, and you've got to have arm strength. The Bears have faced three quarterbacks in the first three weeks with a ton of arm strength. Rivers doesn't have that. So I, I would be wary of the Colts this week only because Rivers is going to have to complete a ton of passes. The Bears make you run 10 and 12 play drives to get into the end zone. So can he consistently gear back and fire over the middle and hit receivers? I just don't think he can do it. So I don't know where the Colts are. I think they're sort of a middle-of-the-road team. I think their playoff chances are getting better and better, however, with what's happening in Tennessee because the question mark there now is going to – their schedule is going to be thrown amok probably for the next two months. So the Colts right now, I think they're a 9- or 10-win team, but that could be enough to win that division. Phil Rivers, what do you see uh, when you get ready for this game? It certainly is not the game that we knew, a guy that we knew for so long in San Diego with the Chargers. What do you see when you see Rivers with this Colts team? I think that the deal with beating this Colts team is you've got to shut their run game down. If you let Phil Rivers attack you in second and five every time, second and four, that's going to enable him to throw the little dump passes that he wants to throw. He wants to throw quick to the back. He's finding something now with Allie Cox at tight end. He wants to get rid of the football quickly and just move them down the field. If you can keep him in third and long, and by the way, I would say the same thing about Brady next Thursday night. If you can keep these older quarterbacks who do not want to face pressure and do not have the arm strength they once had, you keep them in third and long, you're going to find success. They're going to force a pass somewhere. They can no longer fit it, and it's going to give you chances to turn them over. I I think this is a bad matchup for the Colts this week. Uh, and, if, and if the Bears defense shows up that I think will, I think it could be a, a, a pretty convincing victory. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I like the Bears this week as well, then the short week. So the, the Packers are also 3-0. and They'll play Monday night. Uh, when, when you watch this Packers team play, now Lazard's out for a month by, by uh, all accounts. Uh, they're banged up at the receiver position. What, what about this Packers team? Um, impresses you and is exploitable, if you think, once we do get to the Bears and the Packers? I know they play on Thanksgiving weekend, Sunday night, um, but I'm not sure. That, I don't think they play before that. But what do you think about the Packers who join them at the top of the division? I, I think the Packers are the class of the NFC right now. Uh, I do think you? Aaron More Rogers, so in Seattle. Yeah, I, I just think, I think Seattle's defense, uh, has a, a lot of liabilities on it. And when they start facing better offenses, you'll see that. The Packers have a pass rush, and I think a pass rush can cover a lot of the flaws on the back end of their defense. They do have flaws back there. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just see Rodgers playing to a level that I'm not sure we've seen in the last three or four years. There was a, a strong belief inside the league, and I think inside the Packers, that he was on the other side of the mountain mm-hmm. and that we were going to see the numbers sort of dwindle. But I think he's been the best quarterback in football through the first three weeks. I've been nothing but impressed. Until he's not in the Packer uniform, he, they are the favorite to win that division. Um, I can't go any other way with it. Uh, and I think they've got the run game now. And when you add a run game to a quarterback that, that that's that accurate – I just don't see how you keep that offense under 24, 27 points every week. So the way to beat the Packers is going to be to outscore them. And so if I'm looking at the Bears as their primary competitor, this offense has got to get into high gear and start getting into the mid-20s, high-20s every single week. If they do that, they can beat them. But you're not going to beat the Packers with 17 points. It's not going to happen. Jeff, the offensive line, the story certainly here in the beginning part of the, the season, and Ryan Pace has taken a lot of arrows from me, from you, and I think a lot of Bears fans uh, throughout the years. But going out there and bringing in Jermaine Effetti, a guy that 
never worked in Seattle, either inside or outside. They tried him both places. He's been good inside for the Bears this year. Tip of the ball cap there to pace. 100%. And I think bringing in Juan Castillo was the bigger change. Yeah. I think Juan Castillo has instilled a toughness and a fire to this offensive line that they just didn't have last year. Um, they needed to replace Kyle Long. And I, I think a lot of the reason that fire was gone is because Kyle Long was the heart and soul of the offensive line. Well, the has stepped right in, and he's been a terrific addition. The tackles are playing great. Mm-hmm. But it's really been a Fetty, Whitehair, and Daniels in the middle. And Daniels is playing with an intensity that we all expected him to come in and play with. It seems that that, that rookie rust is now off. He's settling into his role as a guard, and he looks very comfortable out there. So I, I think the offensive line has been the biggest surprise for the Bears this year. And they're going to keep running behind it. They, they are not going to ever ask their quarterback to go out and, and throw the ball 50 times in a game. They don't want to play that kind of football. They want to run it, and they want to protect their quarterback. So I, I think the offensive line has just been absolutely sensational. 4-0 and Sunday afternoon about oh, 3.30 Central? I think so. I do too. I just think sometimes I look at matchups and I just I like what I see. And... I think you've got to have a big arm to beat this defense. I think you have to be able to fit the ball into those tight windows. And until I see Rivers do it, he hasn't done it in years. Until I see him be able to do it, be able to complete 25 throws against this defense, I just don't see it happening. So I have it about 24-16. I think the Bears actually don't have to come from behind late for the first time. I think the Bears are going to win. I think it'll be their most convincing win of the year. Good stuff, Jeff Hughes. Thank you very much. Read them at thebearsblog.com, thebearsblog.com. Jeff, thanks. Appreciate it a bunch. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Jeff Hughes on the Bears and the Colts as the Bears look to remain one of the three regional teams who have yet to taste defeat. The other is the Vikings, <laughs> by the way. Um, so you tweeted this out yesterday. The local TV, yeah. you, we get the Bears on CBS, mm-hmm. the Vikings on Fox in the early window. Correct. And then the late game is what? It's got to be Patriots-Chiefs. It is, yeah. Pretty easy week yeah. for the schedulers this week. Right. Hard to, I, I understand it's Texans-Vikings is 0-3 versus 0-3. Uh-huh. That's the Vikings. It's the Vikings, yeah. Yep. You, you go local. You always lean local mm-hmm. whenever you have the What was their other option? Uh, Arizona, Carolina's in the early window. Uh, Cleveland, Dallas, uh, New Orleans, Deet, or Seattle, Miami. There's some better games, right? They're not, I mean, not great. Yeah, there's nothing that wow. No, you. there's nothing. not a marquee. Steelers, yeah. Cowboys, play to your region. They they did the right thing. Yep. Yeah, KDSM did the right thing. We'll uh, talk to Mitch Holtis coming up next. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the undefeated, defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Mitch joins us. Papa John's in Central Iowa sponsors Mitch's appearance as we take you until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six. We can build it. Station 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. 
Take you until noon in the 11 o'clock hour. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will begin the hour going around college football. Uh, Dave Sproul talks Iowa State about 11.25. Dave with KASI in Ames. Of course, Iowa State, Oklahoma. Uh, they will go at it on Saturday night at 6.30, 6.40, uh, somewhere around that time. And then we'll give you an opportunity to win some klaxons. We'll make our picks and we'll skedaddle on out of here sometime just before noon. You know, you mentioned this yesterday. Today, I think that if you had to pick one game in the NFL mm-hmm. this weekend, this might be the, I don't know if you could assign five stars, but, but look at Belichick, and they really haven't taken a step back, Trent. No. Because no. I think Seattle's pretty good, and that's their only loss. And a game and they could have. They were on the one-yard line. Right. <laughs> Final play of the game. We've seen that before. Yes, yes, we have between those two teams. Belichick, this is important to him, too. Mm-hmm. His, his legacy, but... Probably more importantly to him, he cares about the history of the league. And mm-hmm. I think there's something inside of him that doesn't just want to have that other guy with a B, Brady, attached mm-hmm. to his hip. He, But they always will be. They will be, yeah. And it's always going to be a conversation. But and remember the following year, boy, they went to the AFC Championship yeah. game. Even if... Even if it doesn't yeah, culminate with Brady the Super Bowl. Yeah, but Brady was in the NFC Championship game, Trent. <laughs> Maybe those guys alone could have been okay. Yeah. Combined... It led to the six championships. Mm-hmm. On their own, who would have had more? I, it's hard to say, man. I, I think you can make a compelling argument on both sides. You really though. can. I mean, look, it, Cam Newton fell into his lap, and Cam Newton's been terrific. Cam Newton, he had something to prove himself, and I don't know where the squad would have been had he not got there. Um, I, I don't know, but they're they're playing very they're playing good football, and don't forget, I don't know the exact number. But I believe the Patriots had more opt-outs prior to the season than any of the NFL teams. They had lost a lot of guys opting out of playing this year. So uh, it's been a great story. That is probably the five-star game of the week. There's, I mean, Buffalo-Vegas is kind of a sneaky good game just because of the start uh, that Buffalo has had this year. But Patriots and Chiefs certainly will have uh, most people's attention, I think. I think it's the best game of the week. I do. The prime timers. San Francisco, they're so banged up. Philadelphia has been so bad. Uh, and the uh, Monday nighter, of course, is Green Bay and Atlanta. You know, this Lazard story from yesterday. So about, I don't know, early early in the afternoon, saw a tweet for the first time that Lazard's got a core mm-hmm. muscle injury, or uh, potentially. Then later on in that same day, um, it's, he was going to get a second opinion on, on the core muscle injury. Okay. Then Adam Schefter breaks the news that he's already undergone surgery. Yeah. And these are people that follow the Packers that were breaking the, he might have a problem with a core muscle. They didn't know he had surgery. That came incredibly quick. That that story, just following it, it, it was weird how it played uh-huh. out and, and the way that it went and how quickly things changed. I talk about feeling bad for a guy. Ah, terrible. Yes. Playing, Career game on Sunday night. Yeah, playing with Aaron Rodgers is going to help. Pretty much any wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But he's still got to trust you. He's got to trust you. And we saw that a year ago. Right away, that trust. It was building. That Rodgers, and he talked about it right mm-hmm. away in the post game about Alan Lazard. And even if he wasn't back with Green Bay, he was going to get a contract. He was going to put together a nice season this year, and somebody was going to pay him. Now, becomes a lot more difficult. Yeah, you have this game. And, and that game tape's still going to be out there. And it sounds like it's only a month. A month, okay. A month was what uh, it was what I saw uh, early this morning. So is that a core injury? Is it just stomach muscles? Uh-huh. Is that? Yeah. 
And then what what does surgery entail? I have no idea. You know, that's... Is it hernia-related? I mean, I don't know. That's lower. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. We Ankle injuries, okay. Knee injuries. Mm-hmm. feel like even you and I, who aren't exactly... Uh, we didn't go to medical school, but we've we've heard and talked enough about it that we can understand at least the logistics behind it. This, this is an injury I have no clue about. This is one where you just kind of left scratching your head. Yeah. So when is their bye? Do you know? Oh, their bye's coming up. They play. They play Monday night, and then they're off till the 18th. So at least their bye week falls mm-hmm. into the. So if it is a month, that would be say puts it back. They play November the first against the Vikings. Okay. So he would miss if indeed it's a month, and he gets back on the field. He misses Monday night against Atlanta mm-hmm. at Tampa Bay. And then at uh, at Houston, if the timeline's correct and he's back in a month's time, he'll be back for um, uh, the Vikings playing a visit to Lambeau Field. But yeah, I'm I feel the same way, Trent. When I saw the news that he's going to miss some time on the heels of, you know, his best game as a pro. I mean, his best game by far as a pro. He made a huge impact in that game on Sunday night. So we'll see. But certainly rooting for the kid, and I know a lot of people are. Uh, I saw Lincoln Riley even brought him up in the press. Oh, really? Yeah, I think uh, Murph tweeted that, or the Sound Off Twitter account, um, that he was just dumbfounded that um, he wasn't drafted. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are. And he went to Jacksonville, he didn't stick there. No. The Jaguars. Right. It's not like they're flush with yeah. receivers. Jimmy talent. Smith's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. They've been there for a long time. Keenan McCardell, he's uh-huh. been retired for 15 years. But those two were good, though, weren't yes, they? Yes, they were. They Mark Brunel, well, you knew, you knew that and, well. Oh, God. Yeah, that was, was, a, that that was a blow. That one was of the most, One of the worst losses for you, because that was before the well, Broncos I had a lot Super Bowl. Of, I, it was the year before the Broncos mm-hmm. Super Bowl, and the Broncos were, and I went to that Super Bowl that they were supposed to be oh, in. Really? That was in New Orleans in 97. Oh. That was Packers beating uh, the Bill Parcells-led New England Patriots. Um, and James Brown was the halftime show. James Brown, huh? <laughs> James Brown. But yes, to answer your question, there had been an awful lot of bad Sundays as a Bronco mm-hmm. fan, but that was just, come on, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to come and knock off that team? Right. But so the early, back-to-back... year two for the Jags? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Trent. Because also in the NFC Championship Carolina. game was Carolina right. that year. How wild is that? Mm-hmm. That's parody, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know what? Since uh, Mitch is obviously tied up and can't join us, let's spend a couple of minutes on the, on the baseball mm-hmm. uh, because it's going to get overlooked today. I, I thought the Cardinals... Trent, they got off to a great start. Wainwright is dealing. Um, that was, I don't want to say that was felt like a lost opportunity because we'll see them play again today. Mm-hmm. But I think the bigger story is the American League Central. Twins out, White Sox are out, and Cleveland out. Now, Cleveland went up against a juggernaut and the Yankees were hitting the ball. But all the Central Division teams that all looked as though they had a chance in this thing, all by the wayside in the first round of the playoffs, that surprised me. Me too. I, I I thought at least somebody would break through. I was optimistic before the series, and then I remembered it was playoff baseball, and very quickly mm-hmm. it just took me an inning or two to figure out the Twins weren't going to do it. The White Sox. That home run by Luis Robert yesterday. And it just, they get up 3 nothing. here they go. Yeah. They went to the bullpen right away. Well, and, and Crochet getting hurt didn't help. Yeah. You're right, though. You you were talking about this guy for the last week, week and a half. Uh, yeah, since I saw him the first time. I mean, he comes out of college. He's he's in college in March, drafted and and on the big stage, and he is absolutely legit. But I thought that they, I mean, I get it. Crochet got hurt, but they used the bullpen awful early in that baseball game yesterday. I would have liked to have seen him, you know, obviously. 
uh, hindsight being what it is. But I thought the White Sox could make a run in this thing. And yeah. Abreu had some opportunities in some big spots yesterday. And it's hard to criticize him because he's delivered all year. Mm-hmm. But uh, sadly, couldn't get it done yesterday. He's not the MVP. No, I don't he think so. He wasn't the MVP. It was Ramirez. Yeah, I think so too. Ramirez has to be. Mm-hmm. He put the Indians on his back. In a down year for Lindor, and some of the... They have three or four open spots, basically, on that offense. And he put them on the back and got them into the playoffs. He's the AL MVP. Who did the Padres turn to today? Well, I have no idea. It's not Clevenger. No. I mean, it's not Lament. No, those they can't go. It's a bullpen game and an elimination game? And uh, meanwhile, and we're criticizing uh, Schilt earlier in the week for for not pitching